Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today we will provide a little update on Europe and talk about what's going on. We'll talk about Finland and Sweden and their moves towards NATO and what some people are suggesting might be necessary to facilitate that. We'll talk about U.S. diplomacy and what's been going on there. We will talk about the, uh, the offensive in the East and how that's going. And that's where we're going to start. The Russian offensive in eastern Ukraine is not moving, not really, making very small gains that aren't uh, really that significant. So much so that the U.S., they've said that the offensive is failing, their term. I don't know that that's the right term to use. Failing means like it's going to end soon. <laughs> I don't see that. The attacks are continuing. They're just not moving anywhere. So I, I don't know that I don't know that throwing the term failing out there is a good idea. It might lull people into the belief that this is going to be over soon. And I don't see that. Um, I do not see this offensive ending quickly. And, and that's kind of the tone that's being thrown out there. The attacks are continuing, they're just not really gaining ground. It's, it's not going well for Russia, so much so that there is now debate over whether or not what we've seen thus far is just a softening effort, a diversion, or whether or not the diversion everybody's ignoring is actually the main attack. Um, throughout this conflict, I have not really saying the praises of Russian military prowess. But I would be really surprised if this is the best they've got. If this is all they have left and they're throwing their full weight behind this now, I would be really surprised. To me, it seems like it is disorganized to the point that they're, they're not capable of executing anything. And that's something that could change. And if it does, everything else changes with it. I would be real cautious about believing this offensive has failed already, or is failing. Um, now, as far as U.S. diplomacy, there was a high-level visit with Austin and Blinken. So the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Defense went to Ukraine. They made it seem as though there might be kind of a limited embassy reopening there soon. Um, and they committed to more military aid, a um, little more than $300 million, but this is different. This is financing, not direct equipment. This is kind of co-signing a loan, so Ukraine can go out and get what it needs. It looks like about half of that money is going to uh, go to purchase ammo. One of the problems that Ukraine's running into is that most of their small arms, their rifles and stuff like that, it's Warsaw-packed stuff, which means it's not the same caliber as NATO's rifles, which means NATO doesn't make the ammo for it. So it's hard for NATO to produce a lot of the ammo they need because they don't make it. <laughs> Um, so it looks like half of that 300 something million is going to go to other countries 
so the ammo can be purchased, so they can get the ammo for their AKs and stuff like that. Um, and then we come to Finland and Sweden, who are still making overtures towards joining NATO. Joining NATO is typically a lengthy process. Now, a lot of that can be kind of skipped over and it can be expedited because these, this is two countries that uh, have often trained with NATO. So there, there's, already, there's already common ground. They're not going to have to bring them up to standards or anything like that. They're fine. Um, but one of the things that is being brought up that I find interesting is, you know, Russia is already kind of grumbling and making threats and stuff like that, saying, oh, we're going to put nukes into the region. They already have nukes in the region. That doesn't even matter. But the, the threats are leading people to suggest that as soon as Finland and Sweden apply, that they are granted security guarantees. And this is something we've, we've talked about in other videos, the difference between assurances, which is what Ukraine had, and a guarantee, which is what Ukraine wanted when the Budapest memos were signed. An assurance is, we'll help you out if something happens. How much? Well, we'll figure that out when it occurs. A guarantee is, you go to war, we go to war. There are people who are suggesting that they go ahead and extend that as soon as they apply to dissuade Russia from attacking. Uh, one of the ways that they've suggested doing this is taking the EU treaty, which has assurances, and basically saying that, you know, from now on, those are guarantees. And kind of forcing, forcing a mutual defense pact where one really doesn't exist, but they're just going to say it does for the time being until their NATO membership is approved. And the whole goal of that is to just kind of cool Russia out on the threats. It, realistically, I would be really surprised if, if Russia wanted to open up another conflict zone right now. They're not doing well with the one they have. But I think it's more for peace of mind than actual deterrence. But... We'll, uh, we'll see. So this is where we're at. Everything else has pretty much been going the way you might expect. There's more partisan activity in areas that Russia controls. Um, other than that, everything's relatively static. The talks between Russia and Ukraine, at this point, they're not going to go anywhere, more than likely, until this offensive is is finished one way or another. Because right now, both sides want to kind of gain some leverage and some advantage from however that plays out. So it's unlikely that either side is going to push for any real closure to those talks until the offensive is resolved. So uh, that catches you up for the weekend. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.